the morning. Welcome to Faith in the Morning. Something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. Thank you for starting your day with me. Faith in the Morning exists to help you start your day with faith and encouragement. That's exactly what's going to happen today. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. However you're watching, so glad that you're watching. Share and encourage others to watch as well. We've been talking about over the last several weeks on how to be led by the Spirit of God, how you can hear His voice in your everyday life. It is so important. It's one of the most important things you can learn today. But do you know something that prevents people from actually doing what the Spirit of God says to their heart and following what the Holy Ghost says? Fear. And I was looking back at a series I shared a couple of years ago called Soul Wars. And this part, I did, you know, I did it in two parts. It's Soul Wars, and then at the end of the series called Soul Wars, The Path to the Dark Side. I'm a Star Wars fan. And one of the things that's on the path to the dark side is fear. You know, in one of the older Star Wars movies, Yoda said, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And that's the path to the dark side. And although it's a movie, it has some very true undertones for everyday life. And I want to show you this message because I want to help you overcome fear and live fear-free. You know, we live in this season where, you know, fear is celebrated. Everybody's building their fear because of uh, the upcoming October 31st. But you don't have to be a slave to fear. You can overcome every type of fear in your life. So enjoy the message and be free from fear. See, Satan can comes to steal the word. That's why he comes. But he can't steal from everybody. He can steal from this group. But if you remember the story of Mary and Martha, when they were all, Jesus and his crew and his followers were over Mary and Martha's house, and Martha, you know, she had that serving gift, that hospitality gift. But she allowed that gift to get out of whack and became full of anxiety because she was serving so many people. And Jesus was teaching, sharing revelation truth, and Martha stands over Jesus, interrupts the message, and begins to tell Jesus what to do. And Jesus looks at her and says, Martha, Martha, you are worried or anxious about many things. But your sister Mary here, she has chosen the good part. What is that? Receiving the word. And that part will not be taken from her. Wait a minute. Is Jesus going to take the word away from her? No. Who comes to take the word? Satan. So Jesus just identified someone Satan couldn't take the word from. But Martha, by implication, had already had the word stolen from her because of her anxiety. They're all in the same room, hearing the word preach the word. Not just a messenger of the word preached the word, the word was preaching the word. But Martha, within moments, lost it. Satan was able to steal it from her because of her anxiety. So just because you hear the word doesn't mean you receive it. And so you look at the next group, and so these are likewise were sown on stony ground. When they have heard the word, immediately they receive it. So, ooh, they did better than the first group. They received it. They took it. They received it with gladness. That word gladness means with a shout. So when they heard the word, they believed it, they received it, and they began to rejoice and celebrate and praise God. But the thing is, they didn't let that word make real difference in their life. They didn't let it go down deep and change the condition of their heart. Because as they have no root in themselves, so they endure but for a time. So cool, it lasted for a little while. They held on to that word for a little while. But afterward, when affliction, which we define as pressure brought by circumstance, or persecution, pressure brought by people. And when we're talking about persecution, a lot of times we hear that word, we think about the extreme forms of persecution. 
We think about persecution being used to take away a believer's life for their stand for the gospel. That is persecution at the highest form or the extreme form. We've seen that throughout history. We see that in some places of the world today. That is true, but there are also several levels of persecution, and it's any pressure brought by people to make you back away from the word. Now, you have to be careful because there's some in the news media who will tell you, no, this is not persecution. Persecution is only when you lose your life. So what they're doing is discrediting all the pressure that they bring and make you think it's normal. What are they doing? They're hiding a lot of Satan's tactic and said it's only persecution if they try to kill you. So what, you know what happens? You'll ignore all the other pressure brought by people until they try to shoot you. And they say, oh, persecution has showed up. No, it's been building the whole time. So notice it says affliction, pressure brought by circumstance, and persecution, pressure brought by people, arises for the word's sake. So trial, pressure, tribulation, circumstances do not come to make you strong. Satan does not send pressure your way to make your faith, your faith strong. He doesn't send pressure your way to make you a faith champion. He sends pressure your way to take the word from you. And so the pressure comes, and they are, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. So they hear and they receive it, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in and choke or crowd out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So one of the things we talk about in this parable and in this series and at other times, there are different types of sowers in the word. God is a sower. Those who preach his word sow his word. But it also tells us that Satan is a sower. What does he sow? Seeds of cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and lust of other things. But it also talks about you are a sower. You can sow into your own heart. And so here we see the seeds Satan sows, cares of this world, anxiety, deceitfulness of riches, and lust of other things. So he sowed those weeds into the heart. But notice it didn't say the word wasn't there. It said the word grew. But when the word grew, so did the anxiety. So did the deceitfulness of riches. So did the lust of other things. And one of the things we said about the word growing uh, in the previous weeks is that if the good plant grows and there are weeds, the weeds will take the nutrients the main plant needs and it'll cause the main plant to be disfigured, discolored, diseased, unbalanced, and open to infestation. So there's some people who have diseased and unbalanced Christianity, not because they never received the word, but they also have anxiety, deceitfulness of riches, and lust of other things. And see, it says it grew up and crowded out the word or choked the word and made it unfruitful. It didn't say the word was no longer there. The word is still in their hearts, but it's not producing for them. See, a lot of people say, well, I've been in this word for so long, you know, I've been in faith so long, but this word stuff doesn't work, this faith stuff doesn't work, this word of faith doesn't work. No, it works. But in addition to working the word, you've been working some anxiety. You've been working some deceitfulness of riches. You've been working some lust of other things, and those have crowded out the word, so now the word's there, but it's not producing for you, even though you have the word. And so those five tactics, affliction, persecution, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, we looked at them in detail. Those are Satan's tactics to stop the word from working in your life. And so we're going to hone in once again on cares of this world. You know, we define care as worry, anxiety that distracts. The seeds of care are seeds that the enemy seeks to sow to distract you. So if care is coming, if worry is coming, the purpose is to distract you. So if he's going to distract you, that means there's something you should be focusing on. 
but he tries to get you focused on something else. So anything connected to the cares of this world is connected to distraction. And so one of the things we looked at two weeks ago is insecurities is defined as anxiety about yourself. So when he brings up insecurities, it's to distract you. And one of the things I shared earlier this year, if Satan is distracting you, he's stealing from you. Because remember the Bible says he's a thief. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That word thief is not talking about a robber, someone who breaks in and steals by force. That word for thief means a pickpocket. The art of the pickpocket is not taken by force, it's taken by distraction, where there's a small bump or a small distraction, and you look over here, and they take your wallet. So when Satan steals, when he comes at you, it's not all in the front, because if he came at some of you Christians, because you know the word, you know your authority, so up front, you would know how to resist them. Oh, this is an attack of the enemy. I have the name of Jesus. I have the blood of Jesus. And you would handle him, because you see him coming. But he's a pickpocket. So he'll do all these different things to steal from you, and you don't know you're being stolen from. And then you'll make up some religious doctrine or dogma saying, well, God just wants me to live this way. No. He's a pickpocket. He is after distraction. Remember, he's the deceiver. Deception is what he masters. All to make you look somewhere you're not supposed to look. Because if you're looking in the wrong place, you'll miss what God has for you. Now, I believe it's Jeremiah 17 that talks about those who trust in the Lord and don't lean to the arm of the flesh. They will not see when he cometh. It didn't say it won't come. It just says they won't see it. But those who lean on the arm of the flesh won't see when good comes. It didn't say good won't come. It says they won't see it. Why? They're looking in the wrong place. So that means good can come your way and you don't get it because you're looking in the wrong place. We'll walk into a season of open doors, of dreams coming to pass and visions being fulfilled, and you may not see it if you look in the wrong because you are distracted. Go to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. God's got stuff for you to do, but if you're distracted. See, feelings and thoughts of insecurity are part of Satan's tactic of the cares of this world. And things people look like, well, you know, insecurity is just normal. You know, everybody has insecurities. Watch what you call normal. Watch what you put up with. Because just why everyone else has it doesn't mean you have to have it. Come on, didn't, didn't once you told as a kid, don't you tell your children, just because everyone else does it doesn't mean you need to do it? You know, sometimes I think God wants to look at us and say, same a thing. You correcting your child and God saying like they were like, will you listen to your own advice? Just because it's in the world doesn't need to be mean to be in your life. We don't allow insecurity so they develop. It will keep you from doing what God has called you to do. We looked at last week, in the last two weeks, we talked about the difference of insecurity and pride. So I encourage you, if you missed last week's message, we define what pride is, and we define what humility is. But the Bible says, don't think more highly about yourself than you ought. It didn't say, don't think highly of yourself. 
and says more highly than he ought. What's the difference? When you think of yourself more highly than you ought, you will look down on people. You're supposed to have healthy self-esteem. You're supposed to think highly of yourself. Why? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Because when you critique yourself and say, oh, I'm not that good. I'm not that good of a creation. You know, I'm so stupid. I'm so this. I'm so that. Who are you to talk bad about God's creation? Because you're not just talking about bad about yourself. You're talking about your creator. Psalm 25, verse 4. And so this will be the foundation of the next series we're going to go into. And I'm using this end of the series as a transition point. Psalm 25, verse 4 and verse 12, New Living Translation. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Verse 12, who are those who fear or reference the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. If you reverence God, God will show you the path you should choose. As we get into this series, I'll show you have a covenant right to know God's path for your life. Notice I said no, not guess. Any time in the Gospels that you see Jesus wake up and says, I guess we're going to Nazareth today, or I guess we're going to hang out in Galilee, or I guess we'll go to Jerusalem, or I guess we'll go to Capernaum, no. He'll say, we're going here because this is where I am sent. Guessing is not part of your package. Guessing is not part of your covenant. You are redeemed from guessing. It says walk in the Spirit, not stumble, not feel around. Walk. God has a path. For your life. God has steps for you to follow. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God has some steps for you to follow. You have to follow the path God has for you. And that's where we're getting into the next series, showing you specifically how to follow that path. But before we even get to that series, Satan will try to use affliction, persecution, and cares of this world to produce fear in your life, to get you off the path God has for you and put you on the path to the dark side. Because if Satan wants to get you off this path, he has another path for you. And understand this, fear is an enemy. Fear is not your friend. Fear is an enemy. So let me give you a few definitions. Dread means to anticipate with great apprehension or fear. Intimidate means to frighten especially in order to make them do what one wants. You have to understand Satan tries to intimidate you. He seeks to frighten you so that you do what he wants. Terrorize is defined as to create and maintain a state of extreme fear and distress in someone. It means to fear, fill with terror. Terror is extreme fear. Satan is a terrorist. And the thing is, you don't start out in terror. You might start out with a little of timidity or a little fear here that you're allowed. But the old church phrase goes, if you give Satan an inch, he will take a country mile. And so you allow a little fear in. Eventually, you'll be intimidated, and then you'll be terrorized and paralyzed with fear. I'm going to stop that clip right there. Thank you so much for starting your day with me. Go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. I'll see you next time on Faith in the Morning. God bless.